0: You're listening to the West Side Podcast, a part of the L.A. International Church of Christ Family of Churches, worshiping God in L.A. since 1989.
1: Good morning, everybody. It's uh, great to be with you this uh, Sunday morning, and uh, we look forward to spending a great time together. Actually, we are taping on Thursday night here at the uh, Metro building in Gardena, and I want to lift up Turnwall and Michael Bruce for Helping us all out and just getting us uh, started. We are living in a really, really strange uh, time. And in the midst of that, we are going through our own study. And today we're going to be winding up, uh, uh closing our book, uh, study on the book of Exodus. But in the midst of all this, uh, we're going through a pandemic. And, uh, I was just joking around with the guys that uh, this is, uh, really interesting that this is the first time I've ever finished a lesson by Thursday. I know John and James have been trying to get me to do that forever, but it took a pandemic to get me to finish my lesson early. Everything's changed. Um, for the most part, socially, uh, we're living in a time where you know, even the weddings we're doing. I love this little caption here. It uh, says, you may now blink at the bride. Socially, we're changing some things around. Uh, work-wise, we're changing some things around. People are working from home and adjusting to that and really working with their families. And uh, being able to work from home, and I was thinking, you know, uh, this past week on how things have changed so radically uh, in the last uh, few weeks. I remember at the beginning of the year I was making all these plans on what to go, what to do, and even in our company, you know, setting some growth plans uh, for the year, and all those things are out the window. And uh, you know, it's and it's a good thing. I think it's caused us to really step back a little bit and pause and to think about what's really important. It reminds me of this passage here in James. It says, Now listen, you who say today or tomorrow uh, we will go to this or that city, spend a year there, carry out on business and make money. Why do you not, you do not uh, even know what will happen tomorrow? Uh, What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while And then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if it is the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that. And that is so true today. Um, You know, throughout the whole world, it's not just even uh, collectively uh, something that is localized. Throughout the whole world, people are adjusting their plans and uh, really understanding for the very first time how fragile we really are and that uh, we may make our plans, but God perhaps has another plan. I saw this the other day, and I thought it was really funny. And uh, it's, I think it was on a Thai newspaper, and it says karma. And it talks about how uh, it's, uh, people are in cages now, and then the, the animals are looking in. So in the midst of all this, uh, we were going through the book of Exodus, and uh, we were reading about the plagues, and we're reading about all these different things that had happened uh, to the Israelites and I want to sum it up in uh, just a, a, a brief sentence here. So if people are to ask you, it's like, hey, uh, what did you learn from the book of Exodus? If nothing that you get out of this whole series, I want us to, to, to think about this, this little quick uh, summation here. The book of Exodus is about Almighty God forcefully rescuing the Israelites from other people and from themselves in order to save themselves and other people. If you were to sum up the book of Exodus, that's what it is. God forcefully taking the Israelites out of Egypt and forming a whole new nation uh, to himself. In the book of Deuteronomy, which is a repetition of of one of the books in in the uh, Torah, The Bible says this is be careful to follow every command I'm giving you today so that you may live and increase and may enter and possess the land the Lord promised on oath to your ancestor." So we see the book of Exodus and it's not it didn't happen in a vacuum and God on a whim looking at the people and says, hey, I'm going to rescue these people. But it was a promise that God made a long, long time ago. And in the right time, God brought it to fruition. Remember how the Lord your God led you all the way in the wilderness these 40 years. So, you know, we we think we have a tough. They were going through quarantine for 40 years. And God did that to do what? To humble and to test them in order to know what was in their hearts. Whether or not they would keep his commandments. You know, as God was formulating this new community, this new nation if you will, preparing them to really be a light and to help other people. God wanted to test them to see what was in uh, their hearts. And I, I really appreciate this passage here uh, coming up. In the book of Exodus, as we're going back to that, it says, then Moses said to the people, commemorate this day, the day you came out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery, because the Lord brought you out of it with a mighty hand. And I always find this interesting. Eat nothing containing yeast. And, uh, you know, God was saying to Moses, he's just hey, listen, this day, you gotta commemorate this day. You gotta make this day a, a special day, a day that you came out of slavery. And it's almost like the, the brother's devotion where he says, and he's looking at the guy and he says, and stop eating while I'm talking to you. And, uh, you know, this, this incredible day that God was setting for the Israelites. The title of our lesson today is simply entitled Reset. It was a big reset because these people were living in Egypt for a long time. And in their minds and in their hearts and in their lives, they were slaves. They were enslaved by the Egyptian, And God took them out and God had to change their mindset and everything about them. And that's why when you read the book of Exodus and you see all these events That happened and why did it happen in such a grand scale? God was changing their minds. Reset. Key lessons from our series in Exodus. And there are three things that I want to talk about today that are very simple. Number one is that God was resetting their identity. God was trying to really get these people to change their minds about who they were. Number two. God was instilling in them a sense of gratitude for Him and for what He has done. And number three, and God was instilling in them the right way to worship. And who were they supposed to worship and how were they to worship Him as well. Number one, identity. you got to understand, these people were coming out of bondage. They were free physically, but internally and in their hearts and their minds, they were still slaves and God was trying to get that out of them. And number one, it's their identity. And I want to talk about that today. I know that uh, in the lesson with the single, uh, David Bruce talked uh, about that also. And David Bruce talked about just a new story, you know, for us as disciples, rewriting new stories and not letting old stories in the past entangle us and, and bond us uh, back. And, and the book of Exodus talks about that as well. And it says this, Then Moses said to the people what we just read, but I want to focus on this very uh, part of the passage here. says, Commemorate this day, the day you came out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. You know, these Israelites, like I said before, they they were free, but they were still really in many ways slaves. They thought of themselves as slaves and they weren't used to really the freedom that came from uh, God rescuing them and God had to really set it in their hearts and in their minds in a very powerful way that they were free people from now on. In Exodus chapter 14, in verse 29 to 31, uh, it reads this, But the Israelites went through the sea on dry ground with a wall of water on their rights and on their left. That day the Lord saved Israel from the hands of the Egyptians. And Israel saw the Egyptians lying dead on the shore. When the Israelites saw the mighty hand of the Lord displayed against the Egyptians, the people feared the Lord and put their trust in him and in Moses, his servant. You know, sometimes when we read the book of Exodus and even really the Old Testament as a whole, it's kind of brutal. You know, we look at it and we go, wow, that, how, why did it happen that way? We gotta understand that it was written for those people at those specific time, which was a very brutal time as well. But I think God was making a point here. That the Israelites fled away from the Egyptians, these people that ruled over them, and quite harshly. And with, with, a, with an iron grip. And they finally broke away from the, Israel, from the, from the, the Egyptians, And they cross over this, this, this incredible, this incredible time where, you know, the New Testament used this a lot for us as well as crossing over from our old lives to our new lives. And it must have been such a sight, the Bible says, that the Israelites saw the Egyptians lying dead on the shore. And who were these people? These were their, 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 their torturers. These were their they're, uh, they're slave owners. And God made a statement that, you know, these people that tormented you are dead. And I think that God did that for a reason. To, to, to fuse it within the Israelites' mind that these people are gone. I've taken care of this problem for you. And I listened to David's uh, message on Wednesday night. I, I thought it was so cool. That even though we are disciples, and some of us have been disciples for a long time, we still struggle with that. We still struggle with our past. And I guess for the rest of our lives, we we will have struggles dealing with our past because it affects us today. But I want to tell you from this passage here that when we read these passages and we are supposed to learn from them, that God did this for a reason. That God says, listen, I've, I've taken care of your past. And that you are free to move forward, not only physically, spiritually, and mentally as well. Number one, God is trying to reset their identity. And I hope that we really can can really learn and read the Bible and believe God. And that's how we can do it. We believe God and really Him telling us who we are instead of us and the world telling us who we are. Number two, He's trying to get them to be grateful. For their salvation. But their new relationship with him as well. When I read the book of Exodus. It blows my mind. And just how Moses was able to talk to God. That he was. God was allowing his people to approach him in the tabernacle. And to really have a relationship with him. An intimate relationship with God. But we're people. You know we are ungrateful. I think about myself. You know just that this is only the second month of of uh staying at home and already I'm I'm feeling different things and, and and rightly so. You know, it's it's different. It is it is hard. But it's easy to forget about God. It's easy to forget about what God has done. So the second thing that God wanted to do with these people was really help them in their gratitude. And it's so easy for us to forget. Look at Exodus chapter sixteen. This is probably a few months uh after leaving uh uh Egypt. This is only a few months of seeing some incredible miracles and seeing some incredible things happen in front of their very eyes. And yet they were so ungrateful because of little dumb things in their lives. In Exodus chapter 16 it says this, In the desert, the whole community grumbled against Moses and Aaron. The Israelites said to them, If only we had died by the Lord's hand in Egypt. There we sat around pots of meats and ate all the food that we wanted. But you have brought us out into this desert to starve this entire entire assembly to death. You know, we can be so ungrateful to God and for so and to each other uh, so easily. And sometimes we reminisce about our old lives even and we go, wow, it was it was really good back then. Is it was it really that good back then? Was it wasn't really true that they were sitting around? you know, eating pots of meat and all they can eat and and life was so good. No, it wasn't, right? They were slaves. And sometimes we forget that. I really appreciated uh, Oscar's testimony last week. And, you know, I remember a lot of things that Oscar talked about, but, but really the thing I remember the most was his joy and his zeal and just the gratitude that he had to God that He tried all these different years, trying trying to do all these different things, and, and trying to fill Himself up with with these different things that ultimately destroyed Him. And that's what I remember from Oscar's uh, testimony last week it was just the joy and the gratitude that He had to God. He he didn't think about oh how good it was back then when I was sitting around and and doing all these crazy things. He thought about what God was doing in His life. The Book of Numbers. Uh, records this episode as well. And it says, If only we had uh, meat to eat. Uh, We remember the fish that we ate in Egypt at no cost. Also the cucumbers and the melons and the leeks, the onions and the garlic. But now we have lost our appetite and we never see anything but this manna. You know, this new situation, it, it does cause us to adjust. It does cause us to make big adjustments in our lives. And I think the one way that we can really make great adjustments and, and really during this time is through gratitude. And I want to encourage us to take the time to, to write down, now that we have a little bit extra time, perhaps write down some things and take a walk and think about the things that we are grateful for. Our roommates, our spouse, you know, our children, and really focus on those things. And last but not least, obviously for God and His, His, um, His provision for us uh, through this time Was it really that great back then? Was it really that great in, in our past lives? Uh, let's look at what the Egyptian thinks about the Israelites back then. And it will shed some light on, on the fact that God rescued us from that life. In Exodus chapter 14 and verse five, the Bible says, "When the king of Egypt was told that the people had fled, Pharaoh and his officials changed their minds about them. And said, "What have we done? We have let these Israelites go, and have lost their services." You know, these 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 Egyptians—they didn't think of the Israelites with fondness, or oh, we miss them, we can't wait to have them back. And it it was it was a relationship based on abuse. It was a a relationship based on on usage. It was a relationship based on, on it was a transactional relationship. It wasn't all that good. It wasn't great. Sometimes we forget what God saves us from. Let's remember. Let's, let's, let's be grateful. Let's be grateful to God that he's rescued us from our past lives. Amen. You know, I saw this uh, this past week and it really was heartbreaking. Uh, you know, we're lucky. We live in a very, very wealthy country. And uh, even though we are practicing social distancing and it's hard, you know, it's really tough in a lot of other places. I saw this uh, in Asia and it broke my heart, you know, and these are migrant workers. And uh, they were going back home because there were no jobs left. And as they went home, these, these people, these city officials, hosed them down and just sat them. they're not even treated as human beings. And it reminds me of that passage that we read earlier that uh, people can be incredibly cruel to one another. Let's be grateful to God. Amen. Let's really think about what God has done in our lives. And let's treat each other with the respect that God wants us to have. The uh, the, the the image of God that God made each one of us. Amen. Number three, as we close on out, uh, a reset in our worship. Everything's different. We don't go to church on Sundays anymore, right? We, we worship at home. And God, I, I think he's, he's redefining what worship is. That is not just about getting together in, in this place corporately, even though that's great. We worship every day. We worship a, a God that is everywhere, so we can worship Him anytime, anywhere, any place. So as the Israelites were coming out, and uh you know they're, they're beginning to learning to learn how to worship, but God already taught. Moses at the very beginning. Let's read together in Exodus chapter 3. But Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? And God said, I will be with you. That is a constant theme in the Bible with God and His people. And this will be the sign to you that it is I who have sent you When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God on this mountain. Moses said to God, Suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, The God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they asked me, What is his name? Then what shall I tell them? You know, it's in in ancient times, this was normal. You know, if you were a god, you have certain jurisdiction. You have, uh, you're a god of the river. You're, you know, that's why the Egyptians had these different gods that got annihilated, right? So, the, the Jews, the Israelites, well, at this time, they were thinking the same way. They were like, hey, uh, what's, what's God's resume here? Let me, what, what should I say? What's his credential? Who is this God? And I love this passage here. It says, God said to Moses, I am who I am. And this is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent you, uh, uh, has sent me to you. And for Moses, he might have been a little bit disappointed and go, uh, God, that doesn't help me. Okay? <laughs> that doesn't help me. Give me your resume. Tell me what are your powers, if you will. And God says, I am beyond that. I am greater than that. There is no resume. That is possible to contain all the things and all all that is who I am. And that was an important lesson for Moses to learn about the God that he was going to be working with and the God that he was going to be with and the Israelites were going to be with. I am who I am. And I read a, a, an article that was written by a professor by a professor of mine up in Pepperdine and I thought this was really cool. That, you know, God is so great. God is so big that he, he cannot be contained. He's indescribable. You know, He's ineffable. That's that's a big word, meaning you cannot describe who God is. What, what does that have to do with our worship? Well, it has a lot to do with our worship. We, we can't just contain God and say, this is worship. God is to be worshipped everywhere in a multitude of ways. In different languages and different style and God gives us that latitude and I think we need to really respect that in the way that we worship God and really learn in ourselves too on how that we can worship God perhaps even in this time in a very creative way that now that the non that the, the traditional way has been taken away in Exodus chapter 24 the Bible talks about this another way of what it really means to worship God. It's not a production. It doesn't even have to be so elaborate, if you will. This is, if you were to break down everything about worship, this is what worship is. Remember earlier we talked about God says, you're going to bring these people to the mountain and they're going to worship. But what are they going to worship? What did they do at that time? Look what the Bible says. In Exodus chapter 24, after Moses had brought these people out, the Bible says in verse 4, it says, Moses then wrote down everything the Lord had said. He got up early the next morning and built an altar at the foot of the mountain and set up twelve stone pillars representing the twelve tribes of Israel. Then he took the book of the covenant and he read it to the people. And this is what worship is. They responded, we will do everything the Lord has said. We will obey. We can worship God every day. We can read his word and think about it and how it applies to our lives. And we can think about it throughout the day, meditate on his words and and apply it to us and obey God's word. That's what worship is. Amen. Last but not least, this is how we worship. The Lord said to Moses in Exodus chapter 25, tell the Israelites to bring me an offering. You are to receive the offering from me and from everyone whose hearts prompts them to give. Then have them make a sanctuary for me and I will dwell among them. Make this tabernacle and all its furnishings exactly like the pattern I will show you. I want to boast a little bit about the singles ministry and just the great people that we have. You know, people that are really uh, in spirit exemplify this passage. They are helping to build a church. And although Lena and I are overseeing the singles, but really the singles are running themselves, running it themselves. Every day I hear them think about new ideas. Every day I get a phone call. Lena gets phone calls all the time with singles saying, hey, let's try this, let's do this. And it inspires us and it helps us because that is worship. To build up God's sanctuary together. Yeah, think about people like Chuka and Emma. You know, it's just just, they're, they're, they're single professionals. They got lives. So singles, keep inspiring one another and uh, love you guys. Let me close out with this here. Um, I love this passage. We are going through a time of transition and we're trying to do different things. But I thought about this passage when John was writing to the churches and uh, it, he really expressed his heart here. This is how I know a lot of us feel towards one another. The Bible says in second John chapter twelve uh 2 John twelve, he says I have much to write to you, but I do not want to use paper apps and ink views. Instead I hope to visit you and talk to you face to face, so that our joy may be complete. You know, perhaps what God is doing during this time is really to help us to see how much we need each other and uh, not to take for each other for for granted, and to love each other more when that time does come when we get to see each other face to face. Thank you for letting me preach. I hope you really enjoyed this uh, series in Exodus. We'll see you next time.
0: Thank you, Ken, for giving us the full breadth of Exodus, uh, the power of how uh, God gave the Israelites a reset for their entire life. And we know that in our lives today, Jesus gives us the reset. And so right before we take communion, I want to read 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. And we read there, it says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone, the new is here. And just like God in His mercy and grace delivered Israel out of the hands of Egypt, uh, freed them and gave them a reset in their life, the cross, the death, burial and resurrection of Jesus gives us a reset, not just one time in life, but every day God gives us the chance to start anew through the blood of Jesus. The old is gone, the new is here. Let's pray to God right now thanking Him for this reset, this chance to be new every day through the blood of Jesus. Let's pray as we take communion. Father in heaven, thank you so much for the incredible inspirational story of Israel being delivered from Egypt. And Father, we are delivered through the blood of Jesus as we recognize and remember that his blood was given to reset our life. Uh, that his body was given to reset our life and to give us an example, uh, to, to set an example of inspiration and of, of denying of the self. Father, thank you for um, your love for us. Uh, Lord, we thank you for the blood of Jesus uh, shed and the body uh, sacrificed. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You've just listened to the West Side Podcast. For more information about our ministry, please visit the westsidechurch.com or laicc.net.